Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social. I'm your host, as ever, Ross, the first one of 2022. Happy New Year to all our listeners. Today, I'm joined by Bainesy, Bloomers, and Liam as we discuss all things town. There's been no game, of course, since the Wickham Wanderers 1-0 win. Uh, McKenna's first game in charge. The new era has begun with a win. But we are going to talk about uh, the game against Gillingham. We're also going to bring the wish list from Bainesy, Bloomers and Liam. Um, I want to introduce the guys that are joining me this week. Bainesy, first up, Happy New Year, my friend. How are you? And... Um, have you got any New Year's resolutions? It's always a question that always people ask. I'm sure you're going to go, no, Ross, I don't don't care about those sort of things. But how are you, my friend? Very good. Happy New Year to you both as well. 2021 just seemed like a bit of a bit of a blur. I can't really believe it's 2022. Um, in terms of New Year's resolutions, I don't really do them. Um, I think I do want to get a little bit fitter maybe this year, but it's not. It's I never do resolutions because I think. I'd be more likely to break them. So I just generally try and, you know, getting a little bit fitter, that'd be mine this year, I guess, if uh, a stretch. Um, yeah, it's, it's hopefully going to be a good good year for, for town. There's lots of exciting things to, to come. In terms of wish list this year for town, I think we've got, you know, still a bit of this season. I don't think it's quite dead yet. I'm, I'm being a hopeless optimist and thinking we might be able to salvage something. So my first thing on my wish list is um, to string some wins together consistently. I think if we could put three, four, five, hopefully, <laughs> wins together, we could we could shoot up the league. Um, I know it looks bad at the moment, but I think if we get a consistent consistent pattern of wins, even if we have a few you know, draws away, pick up some points, then we might see us... Um, to sort of shoot up the, the table. Blackpool's obviously the example that everyone gives. Um, so as a hopeless optimist, I think um, I'm, I'm hoping there's still something we can salvage from this this season. Um, and then I think towards the end of the, the year, if we're talking about, you know, looking into next season, I would like to see us comfortably in, in the top six. Next year, there's absolutely no excuses for us being anything lower than six. And I'd love to see us start strong and, you know, continue to be strong into the, the festive period as well. We've we've got a great, great young manager. We've definitely got the team to do it. Hopefully a few tweaks this month here and here and there. But there's absolutely no reason why we can't do it. So those are those are my two. And then maybe as a final sort of little more facetious one, I'd love to see a pink away kit. Um, I know Hutch was obviously saying about the black away kit, which was, absolutely stunning i think most people probably would have preferred, preferred that to the white number but for me a, a proper pink away kit would would be the the one so please mr ashland please please get it sorted the goalkeeper one did well so i'm sure the other one would be a, a great seller as well definitely and um we've got bloomers with us right now liam currently is trying to connect so we'll get onto him soon so bloomers take as long as you can um so we can sort of wait for him to come in but uh Blue, what's your thoughts on our away kit being pink? And um, happy New Year to you, my friend. You are back in sunny Suffolk or cold Suffolk um, during the festive period. Um, but have you got any New Year's resolutions? Uh, my New Year's resolution would be to never buy a pink kit. <laughs> um, I mean, look, I, I don't care if we played in mustard yellow and, and was on the moon. I don't really give a well, Actually, I do care if we played on the moon because we could actually go and watch the matches. But I don't care what we play in. I don't care if we play in Lederhosen um, if we've got three points, all that matters. So 
each their own, but no, I wouldn't be buying one. Um, my New Year's resolution is to not get uh, so emotionally invested in football games, and that will last up until minute 25 of Saturday when I'm in the pissing rain at Gillingham on the ruthless temporary stand that we've just gone 1-0 down. Uh, I mean, at least you might have some kind of cover, Ross, if you've got a little poncho. I don't even own a poncho. Mm. No, the most no. thing I've got poncho is a beer called Boncho in the fridge, which you can't have. Come doing dry, come doing dry January, and uh, away days beer sorted us out with some uh, uh, some Ipswich Town themed beers. And also, actually, sorry, I'd like to say I paid for them. This isn't this isn't an influencer thing. Uh, I didn't get them given to me. I've actually bought quite a few off uh, off that website, especially for my dad because they're a, a, an easy go to. Father's Day slash birthday yeah. slash Christmas gift. So uh, definitely look out for those if you if you've got a town fan in their life and you're stuck for some kind of uh, unique present. But um, probably one of his resolution would be to give uh, Mr. McKenna some time because in the past, for better or for worse, it's it's very easy to knee jerk a reaction from an incoming manager and. For the first time since Paul Hurst and stopped sniggering at the back, so I know how that ended. But um, we've got a young, you know, fresh, freshish manager in who's who's not the norm of what we've appointed in the past, and and it could go either way. But I guess the only thing we can really do is, is give give some time, especially the rest of this season, because as we said off air, it's almost certain that the uh, season's dead now. So let's take this just under half the season to see where we are really and, and see if we can crack on and for the first time in what will be four seasons actually cement a proper promotion challenge because it hasn't happened yet whether that be with the current crop of players or some new signings in the summer or even some new signings over january we'll, we'll wait and see but yeah it's uh it was a solid foundation to begin off of the uh, one nil against wickham and you know that first win is just a monkey off everyone's back and great to get it off the back on the first game possible. Let's let's see what Saturday brings because it will be a completely different challenge and the weather might also play a factor on Saturday if the uh, forecasts are meant to be believed. So let's let's find out how how that goes and and what McKenna's team will look like playing away from home. Whether it will be any different to how he set us up against Wickham. But yeah, should be should be good and there's plenty to discuss still. So. Uh, I can only stat pad for so long, Ross. You're going to have to carry on in a minute. No, I've got Liam. Is Liam is has arrived, so I'm going to bring him in. Um, and Liam, welcome back to the show. You were here in the green room, um, but you are back, thankfully, in connection wise. How are you, my friend? Happy New Year. Um, what's your? You got any New Year's resolutions? And then we'll jump into our wish list. Now, Bainsy sort of jumped in already with his, but we'll um, just introduce you quickly, Liam. Yeah, I'm good, Ross. Um hiding out in Scotland again um but not not until he won't be here um until Easter this time so uh I'll be back down in a week or so yeah well I hope uh I don't think I will be <laughs> touch wood there's actually stronger restrictions up here than there is down in England so um I, I don't think uh, I'll be getting stuck up here for the amount of time I did this time last year so um It'll be good to get home, but it was a yeah, nice Christmas, New Year, um, for the things that we could do. Um, they've gone a little bit uh, stricter up here. Uh, was going to go and watch my 
local football team, but couldn't go and watch them because they've been uh, put in a, a crowd limit of 500 people. So um, couldn't uh, go and watch it. And then it was off anyway because of COVID. So I didn't miss anything, actually. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's a bit annoying. Um, but yeah, apart from that, yeah, it's 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 been nice. I've just gone back to work today. So um, I've had a, a nice, nice little break from that. Um, and just looking forward to what the new year now brings, I, I guess, if I have my own resolution it would be to continue to try and lose a bit of weight um but i think uh, i did pretty well last year so i'll try and emulate that this year i think well played and um my if you want to know if you if you care um listeners and bloomers liam bainsey my my resolution is just being more structured um, as you all know, I'm a, I'm a shambles of a man. Um, just to be a bit more structured, more organised. And I think I've done that so far. Um, I've actually decided to do a lot of my work more in my spare room office before I, my, my girlfriend was always shouting at me, like, why are you in the living room? You have an office. I just feel more chilled sometimes in the living room doing work. But I'm more organised. How long will that last? I'll let you know. Um, but Bloomers, back over to you quickly. Wishes for town for 2022. Baines, he's already thrown his out there. Are you echoing him or have you got your own as well? Um, I think my wish is, is that we see a competitive team for the rest of the season. Like, let's let's start at the base level, right? This is my minimum expectation for the rest of the season. Be competitive and show something that we can latch on to for next season. Because if we don't, we're going to be playing catch-up from minute one of next season. So we might have another mass exodus and turnover. I don't think it'll be quite as... Um, harsh as the start of this season come next season because that would just be insane but there will be player movement but let's see who's going to be shining lights who's going to be here in terms of low knees being permanent you know if, if they are low knees here and they want to be here next season they want they want to show some stuff in the next 20 odd games or so start working some partnerships like th these are all basics and don't uh mr mckenna doesn't need me to tell him what to do you know, uh, I'm sure he's well aware of all of this and he's got his own ideas in his head. My idea of partnerships come off FIFA on my team. So I'm not the kind of person who's going to be doing tactical nous. But most people in the stands can can see partnerships forming when they do. And, and you know, people will have their favourite players and whatnot. But I think, well, I'd like to think anyways, that Ipswich has got quite a knowledgeable group. You see this commentators all the time, it's like Ipswich are a knowledgeable fan base, which... When you see some of the absolute bollocks found on Twitter, seems completely wrong. But let's let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say that this is a knowledgeable fan base and not one that turns very easily. Or the last few years would would beg to differ, but that's through years and years and years of pent up whatever. So that would be my ground level. And then kicking on from there, I just like to see us create a few more chances. To be perfectly honest, we we had this amazing run at the start of the season where. We were scoring three or four goals every game and the stats, the underlying stats showed that that wasn't going to keep up. And that was true. And then about an extra 60% more because we've fallen off a cliff recently in terms of um, actual bona fide chances to put the ball in the back of the net. Um, you know, we could have easily drawn nil-nil against Wickham if the ball hadn't come off uh, Norwood's knee, like in a, not freak goal, but certainly not, not a very usual one. So... Let's see these this two up front actually 
get us more chances because what we've had trouble with recently, and I, I remember the last pod we were on, David did a very good tactical breakdown of basically our issues with not getting enough people in the box and the chances going begging. And I can only echo what was said there because in the game since, we haven't really seen it either. And I know, again, we've only had one game under the new manager. So there's certainly not, nothing you can get your teeth sunk into yet. But we need to start creating more chances. And, and with that, goal should come. And then the likes of McCauley Bond and Joe Pigger, who have thrown up for goals recently, will probably score if they're on the field for a given length of time. And then everyone feels better about it. Just how, just as how Mr McKenna would have felt better from, from getting a game and a win straight away. So, yeah, that, that's what I'd like to see. I, I don't see that happening in two, three games time. But look, we've got half a season to play for and, well, nothing to play for. So... Let's let's use this time wisely and, and really build some momentum going into next season. Well said, as ever, my friends. Um, over to Liam, and then we'll go back to Bainsey um, to start off. The January transfer window is open, boys. Um, the weird time to sign players, January, very weird. But um, Liam, what's your wishes then for 2022 for town? I remember speaking to you last year to get your wishes for 2021, and I'm sure, I don't know if many of those came off. Because, no. um, yeah, it was a strange, strange year. Three different managers were in charge. Of course, we had caretaker managers as well. But uh, what's your wishes? Uh, well, I think the the minimum expectation is to actually see the team win more than they lose. Um, I mean, 13 wins in 44 for Paul Cook wasn't particularly what we all expected. Um, and then whatever stat it was for Lambert in his short period into 2021 um, was very much expected. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I would like to see us win more games. Uh, that would be a, a, a start. I, I mean, look, I might be the ultimate optimist. I don't think we'll make the playoffs, but it, it, it isn't gone yet. So, I mean, look, I, I would love to be playing championship football come August uh, time. But, I mean, that is a wish um, that could still happen. Um, and I think there are some people that will probably completely um, shoot me down for that. But, I mean, you've, you've got to remain... Yeah. <laughs> you've got to remain reasonably optimistic about it but it's like basically like what bloomer said i think we've got to use this period now i mean look if we gain momentum we have an amazing run great but we use this period now mckenna beds in he, he works with the players he's got he brings in hopefully a couple of new faces in january to maybe strengthen certain areas of the squad and we just start seeing a team that when it comes to the start of next season. Because I think this is the other thing. I think that we, we're all desperate to get promoted. But if we now have a strong platform, if, if McKenna can build something that looks strong, lots of good partnerships, and we're going to look like a really, really good team going into next season, then we might not be looking at going, oh, we're looking for playoffs. We might actually have so much momentum, but we're hoping that we might get automatic next year. I know it's another year in League One, but it's... So, I mean, for me, yeah, promotion is, is, is obviously the biggest wish, but it is a wish that's a little bit 
kind of far away to grab at the moment. So for me, it's it's seeing a good team on the pitch, win, entertain, win more games. I mean, to be honest, even if we played absolute gunk football, as long as we 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 win some games, and I can see the remnants of something being put together, then uh, I'll be happy with that. I think come May time, and hopefully have an assault on. Hopefully this time, uh, League One promotion push come next season. But let's remain optimistic. We might make Wembley Wembley in May. Mm, mm, no comment. <laughs> um, now. Okay, well, we'll move on to the drainage transfer window. Six days in, as of this recording. Uh, now, Bainsey, last January, I'll just bring it up, the, the, the signings we made. We made four loan signings. Of course, that was under Paul Lambert and under different man- um, ownership. Luke Thomas, Josh Harrop, Troy Parrott, Luke Matheson. Um, of course, we've got a whole different squad. We had a summer like no other. Um, there's been talk, ramblings already. Um, let's talk about Walton quickly. Um, I'm also going to get our thoughts on Louis Barry getting recalled, but let's talk about Walton. Um, Andy's written a story exclusive to the East Anglian. Um, of course, Brighton are looking to recall him and try to sell him because he's out of contract in the summer. What's your thoughts on that situation and would you like him permanently? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think aside from his aside from his debut, he's been pretty consistent and he's shown that he's a, a really good, solid, solid option, I think. You gotta feel a bit sorry for Ladke because he was probably promised number one, and obviously he's been beaten out by a much much better keeper. Um, I'd I'd love to have him. I really would. Whether or not it's possible is another thing. Um, he's obviously going to have to take a drop in wages because he was uh, he's probably in a similar position to where Luke Garbutt was when he was finishing up with his Everton contract, probably on a, a really good wage for for where he was and what he's done. He had to take that drop, um, which he obviously chose Blackpool as his final destination, but he's going to have to take a drop um, in wages. Um, it just depends on whether a deal can be done and whether it fits him with SCMP. You know, could we offload a couple of players to, to give us a bit more breathing space? But I'd, I'd love to have him. I think if you look at teams who, who want to, to be somewhere a goalkeeper is a good solid goalkeeper is isn't isn't essential um i think it's what you know for example liverpool and city were were missing for a while and then they went out and spent 70 million each on a on a keeper and they've both had league titles recently so i think it's so important but I, it's just a case of biding time and seeing if a deal can be a deal can be done you can understand brighton they want to recoup some some value from a from a player they they've hardly They've hardly really used that, you know, for him to remain on loan wouldn't benefit them in, in any way because then his contract just runs down. He can go wherever. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed the deal can be done. I'd love to have him. I really would. Definitely. And um, Bloomer's over to you to talk about Louis Barry. He's been recalled. It was always going to happen this window from one loan player who's doing really well to Louis Barry. Six games in total. Uh, I think we were excited. We are 18-year-old, formerly at Barcelona. And we thought, oh, I know it's another young, you know, player coming in we've got our own youngsters won't we playing them but I think it was just an exciting signing but it just haven't it hasn't worked out for him although I think it's been good experience your, your overall thoughts on that I mean you, you've summed it up in those two sentences probably as well Sorry. as I'm going to in the in the minute or so that I'm going to speak um so well done Ross testament to you for having your finger on the pulse I, I totally agree with everything you just said 
we were all excited when he came in and you saw flashes of what he could do for Aston Villa in his very, very, very limited time on the pitch. And it was almost as limited here. Um, found himself down the pecking order for one reason or another. And maybe he didn't see, uh, he didn't show in training what he can do. And um, Paul Cook decided not to go with him. You know, it's just one of those things. There'll be dozens more loanies come through in the next few years of Ipswich and there'll be many, many more stories of the same kind of ilk happening with, with players here. You know, it's just, like I say, one of those things. And I won't lose any sleep over it. Hopefully, Louis Barry's enjoyed his time here and he goes on and has a really good career. And next season, if the opportunity arises, we, we might sign another youngster. Well, in fact, actually, we've got a youngster of our own tearing up at Swindon. He might come back and... And uh, and fill an attacking slot with some verve, um, Tyree Simpson, of course. So, yeah, it's just I'm going to say this for the fifth time now. One of those things because it's probably the best uh, couple of words I can use to, to sum up the situation. Definitely, and um, Liam, I'm going to go over to you now to sort of round off um, the January transfer window as a whole. You know, I'm going to go over to you, Bainsley Bloomers, as well on this. Um, what do you think Town need this window? You know, Macaulay Bond is up in the air at the moment. I know. We want to sign him permanently, although his recent record on scoring for me isn't great, but it's one of those things try to go through. But what do you think Town need this window? Um I I think it's it's I know what town need, but what town will get, I think, is the difficult question because I think if we were talking about a Paul Cook side, then we would be able to put our finger on exactly everything that town needs but because McKenna has come in and has only had one game to actually be in charge we don't know what his way of playing is going to be we don't know if he's sticking to the free because that's what uh, McGreal put in at the end and he, he wants to keep the continuity at the moment we don't know if he wants to play with a four at the back, three at the back. We, we don't really know yet exactly how he's going to play. And that makes it difficult to kind of work out what we need. Um, but I think with the squad that we've got already, we definitely, definitely need something down the left, left-hand side. And that that's got to be either a left back slash left wing back whatever I mean it would be good if it was a kind of an adaptable player who could maybe play both roles so if we did play a four or a three can play either role um we definitely need someone down that side I mean we're, we're okay on the right but I mean Coulson I mean is he going to play again that that's the question or do we are we worth just cutting our losses send him back to Middlesbrough and we try and find someone else who is going to make an impact because I, I I think Penny Penny's in the same situation, I think, as Hladke. I think he was always uh, um, go, come in to be um, second choice, really. Um, and it, 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 he just... He fills me with a little bit of anxiety, I have to say. Um, so I, I would think with me, we would get someone on the left. I'd also think we might need to look for another winger um, because even if we do play with wing backs at the moment, that that that's fine. But if we are going to play with a different formation, 
we haven't got a lot of width um, elsewhere in the team, really. Edwards is our only real proper winger that can play really wide. The rest of them are all all more centralised players. Um, and as we saw, keep cutting in. Um, and then maybe we would have another striker just to... But it's difficult then because it depends if you're playing two or one. If you play two strikers, then I think it's worth having another striker because then at least you've got that extra player, extra bit of of, uh, extra option um, if someone gets injured, especially with the fact that Norwood's not exactly got a particularly great injury record. Um, and Bond hasn't been scoring for a while now, so obviously Piggott might get a chance. But then, if if what if Norwood gets injured, and you bring in Piggott to play alongside Bond, if you are playing a two, who else have you got on the bench apart from Jackson? Who I think most of us would like to see kind of move on so that we can make more space. But then, obviously, you've got then the financial fair play rules that then come into into play and and. And suddenly you've got the cap on the squad size, and then you've got the amount of money that you can, yeah, that you have to um, adhere to, and it makes it all a little bit more complicated. Then I think Town at the moment are now one below the cap now that Louis Barry has gone back. Um, but it, it's kind of at the moment I think Town need to work on necessities rather than kind of. We could do maybe with someone there, or make we we'd have to sort that left hand side out. That's the priority. Get that sorted, and then if we have room elsewhere, then we, we hopefully bring in a winger and and maybe another striker. But again, it just depends on what room we can we can manoeuvre with. Definitely, and as you said, at the moment we don't really know his formation mechanic. I know he's played for it at the back at the moment, but he may switch it up you know, throughout this window. Um, Bainsey, over to you. You know, of course, I did the standard research, look at all the main United players, ask play- a lot of people like Liam and main United fans, which ones we're going to loan in? Because McKenna, the links, everything, you think, yeah, he's going to loan in a few players from main United or sign players from that. But um, where do you think we need? Like, do you think we need to get rid of some players first before we bring in? Like players like Jackson, Nolan, uh, who's not even played this year. I don't remember. I don't think he's played, does he? I mean, it's it was a, it was a stat on I follow the last player the last manager he played under was was Lambert which seems mental um, yeah. yeah January is not ideal at all um, it's, it's a very pressurised window you've got a month you've got teams who are who are desperate and it's more they need as opposed to you know strengthening a number of areas there's a lot of panic panic buying I definitely think it's a case of getting out more than in Jackson being one of them. Where, where's his market? He was he was one in, you know, when we extended his his contract, um, it was a risky one because where was he? Where was he going to go? What what would his what would his value you know be? He's he's hardly torn it up here. I mean, what it was eleven goals in his first season? I think, which is hardly prolific. Could he go? But again, where does he go? How much would we get for him? Probably a, a very small fee. Um, I'm with Liam. I think Coulson should should go. You know, it's it's not his fault. He's been very unfortunate. He had he had COVID um, early on, which prevented him playing. Um, he's he's had other injuries. He, he's barely played. There's no point in in having a loan 
having someone on loan who who can't even play or who hasn't made an impact, and especially such an important aspect to the team if we are looking at, at wing backs and, and flying full backs, then you know we can't just rely on um on, on Matt Penny. So left back is definitely an area that, that I would say we need to strengthen him right back as well. I think um KVY bless him, lovely chap. Obviously, really, really nice, but he just he hasn't looked the same since his his since his injury. He's he's lost he's lost pace, and I think that was what was really exciting exciting about him before when he first signed. He was explosive. He could run at people. Um, if he can't do that, you know, can we rely on him consistently? No. Danassian, obviously, he's done fantastic, very deserving of that new contract, but he's not that type of player. So that, and then Liam obviously spoke about. We don't know McKenna's formation. If he plays three at the back, do we need another centre-back? Is there a place for Toto? Does he leave? Um, there, there's lots of questions. It's, it's going to be a very a very interesting window. Controversially, I wouldn't be opposed to sending Selena back. I'm going to be going to be completely honest. Um, he's an absolute luxury. He's, he's, he's clearly a very talented player. That goal at Crewe was absolutely superb. I've probably watched it about... A hundred times, beautiful finish. But we're in League One. We need players who are going to be consistent. We need players who are going to perform every week. I'd rather have someone who's a solid seven, and that's all you get out of them, rather than someone who does something amazing one week and then disappears for two or three games. I think it's horses for courses, and as as great as it is, it's he's he's not a, a, a great deal of use to us compared to other players. So. It's going to be an interesting window, but I think we certainly need to ship some some players out the door before we consider consider ins. Definitely. And um, before I go over to you, Bloomers, I know you're ready to weighing, but I saw Liam's got his hand up. We've got a, a question for you, Bloomers, so get ready for that. But Liam, um, have you got something? What's your thoughts on Baines's controversial statement with Selena? Uh, I I I agree. Um, I think I I mentioned this uh, a week ago. Um, put it in uh, in a group chat um, about he's he's a really talented footballer um, and ironically I think if we were in the championship or higher he he would be perfect but I just feel that it's all well and good bringing in all these really good footballers um, to try and get town out of this division. But sometimes I think you've just got to kind of, if you can't beat them, join them and start just basically battle your way out of here. And if it means you have to maybe re- recruit um, enough some players who maybe are more atoned to this sort of level um, and can get you out of this, maybe in a battle, because that's what most of the games are like. It, it, I think town, it's all well and good town wanting to play really attractive football and play their way out. But most of the teams they face at this level are battlers. They're, they're quite physical. Um, and, and we've seen already, especially at Accrington, that town at times can just suddenly melt in the face of, of a, a physical side. And I think having a luxury like Selena is great. But I think we need a consistent performer who, who you know at this level is going to be able to mix it up whatever opposition we play. I just think sometimes Selena 
goes missing. Um, and for all the great things he does and that great goal against Crew, there are a lot of games where he disappears and doesn't really make much of an impact. So, and I don't know if that is just because he had COVID and and some uh, serious issues in the summer, which maybe no pre-season and maybe it's a bit harsh, but I, I think generally, I think he is a luxury player. And I think if Town were to get promoted, great, we'd bring him back in a heartbeat because I think at a, a level above where he's going to get more space and on better pitches um, to be able to do what he can do. I just think at this level, I think we just need to have players who are ready to kind of fight their way out of this division. I think, I think, we've, pure, I think we've purely got him just because he was available. I, I think Ashton thought there's a chance that a deal could be done. He's a big name. He'll be amazing. He'll tear up it. I think that's the sole reason because I think at the top part of the pitch, I think the recruitment was a bit scattergun because there's there's so many tens. Why would you need that that many tens? He was signed, you know, late late in the the window. You know, they said it was on and off many times, and I think we were already overstocked there by the, by the time he came in. So I I think purely it was just they saw a deal could be done. They thought this will probably be good. This will work out. He'll score loads of goals and. And it hasn't. I think I, I agree. Send him back. Well, I mean, I think, in my opinion, he's a fine, he's a final piece of the jigsaw type player. Well, we haven't even got the box that the jigsaw comes in. So, um, <laughs> at this point, it's it's kind of it's, it's kind of I don't say unnecessary for him to be here because, as you guys say, he's a quality player on his day or win games single handedly, fantastic. But. If we're going to try and build something here and we've got a new manager and he's got an idea of what he wants, well, let's be honest, he's not going to be in his plans next season because he hasn't, he's not going to be here. So if we agree, and we, we don't all agree that the season's over with Liam's impassionate half-speech, um, but if, we, if we're deciding that it's very, very unlikely that we get in the playoffs and that we're not actively going on a playoff push at the moment... Um, if he is available, what sort of where does he fit in really? Like, if we're going to try and build these partnerships we're on about, well, it's no no good having him there because, as I say, a he might not even be the new manager's type of player, and b he probably isn't even going to be here next season. So, yeah, it, it's it's almost like a it's a situation like Louis Barry that's been created as of circumstance, as in like it doesn't fit anymore, so just move on, like. It's completely different in terms of age and ability and everything like that. But if he's if he's not going to be integral to these new plans from his manager, then then he probably shouldn't get game time. And, and I don't think he will get game time. Although I say we don't, he's kind of up in the air at the moment just of what his, his status is and situation is. Anyways, so what was the question you were going to ask me, Ross? The big question is a man who is on form at the moment, but he is transfer listed, and that is James Norwood. He's out of contract in the summer. What do you do with James Norwood? You know, he's out of contract. You want to get a bit of money for him or, you know, his tracks are listed. What, what, what's your thoughts on that? Again, I think the the last time I was on, he just scored his first goal coming back. So that would have been the Wigan game. Yeah. And we had to talk about whether you give people second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chances. Um, if you give people second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chances, then fine. But then also don't cry if, he has to be given a seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth chance because these kind of things happen 
and follow the same kind of players. There's a fantastic scenario with this. Very, very briefly, I'm going to venture into American football. So just tune out for 30 seconds if this doesn't interest you whatsoever. But right now, my American football team, Tampa Bay, so last year we signed a player, Antonio Brown. Always in the news for the wrong reasons. Um, however, on his day, he can single-handedly win games. Last season, because he was on his final chance for the league full stop, pretty much, he um, came here and was basically told, look, as soon as you make a mistake, that's it. You're going to get cut. He didn't make a mistake all season. He was good as gold, and he caught a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl and won Tampa Bay Super Bowl. This season, he faked he faked a vaccination card to send to the NFL to say that he'd been vaccinated when he hadn't, got found out, got banned for three games. Come Because he's so, now in so integral, was so integral to the plans of the team, came back. Funnily enough, he got given a ninth chance or whatever it was because the, the words that the, the team had used last season weren't worth the paper they were written on. Then uh, on Sunday, because he wasn't getting the ball, this is no word of a lie, though, because you can watch it on YouTube, he wasn't getting the ball in the third quarter, so he took all of his um, pads off, took his shirt off, took his undershirt off, uh, and just walked off the field and went into the locker room and was never seen again and got released today, officially, but got released uh, Sunday at about 9 o'clock at night after the game had finished. So this is what can happen when you have players who are, I'm not saying James Norwood is going to do that or he's that kind of person or he's legally done anything like Antonio Brown. I'm just using it as a as an example. That should cover me legally, Ross. So just add on any words if you need to. <laughs> but I'm fine. Everyone goes, oh, why is it always player X, player Y? Well, the reason it is is because they're the ones that these things follow and these things will always happen to. You know, you're not going to hear Matt Holland in, in trouble. I'm only using it because I can see him behind me on my wall. You wouldn't hear him in trouble. And and he never even got sent off, I don't think. So, you know, there's, there's type of players that are um, good as gold. And there are type of players that will always generate headlines. Norwood's the latter. So if you're willing to put up with the fact that it could blow up in your face, give him a chance. But then don't moan if it does blow up in your face. Uh, and for what it's worth, if you keep scoring goals, 99% of fans aren't going really to care. Whether the manager does is a completely different, uh, new manager does this is a completely different question. But if he keeps scoring, I don't see how he doesn't get given a fifth chance. I'm using that number as an over under for anyone to go off of. But yeah, that's my eight cents worth. Okay. Um, I'm going to get bring you both in, Bainsey and Liam. Quickly go to you, Bainsey. Mm -hmm. James Norwood's, you know, he's, he's transfer listed. I know he scored the goals recently, but do you sort of sell him on? He's on good wages, probably still. You know, do you cut your losses, get rid of him, but then you'll have to bring in another striker? Or do you think he's worth just staying on till the end of the season? But then he could go out for free. He may go, you know what, I've, I've done what I can at Twitch. That's it. Move on. Go back to Tramir or something. Bono and I were talking about this pre Oldham. Um, he was obviously signed in League One, so his wages wouldn't have dropped from the Championship to, to League One. So he's probably going to be on a reasonable amount of money, but I'd, I'd keep him. I think he's the exact type of player that that you need in, in League One. In Wickham, you know, in the Wickham game, he looked really up for it. He he ran loads. He put in all his effort. He doesn't always run in the, the, the best way, and perhaps it is sometimes a bit chaotic, but Sometimes what you need, you just need a player to be in the right place at the, the right time. And he's that type of player. I'd I'd keep him. I'd 100% keep him. I know his off-the-field stuff has hardly stood him in good stead. But 
yeah, it's, I think f- for now, you know, he's he's our, he's a striker in form. So to me, that there's no point in selling him on because you'd have to get someone in. Can you get someone in? You know, you know, reasonably, you know, not cheaply, but you know, you're not going to over overspend if you want to go for for Bon as well. No, so I I just keep him. I think they've got a, if they got a twelve month clause on him as well. They got an extension clause. Uh, keep speaking, and I'll have a look. I think so. So that that buy you another that buy you another year. So that buy you another year of see what happens next year if we're in League One next year, which increasingly it looks like. Um, he, he could be he could be of use then because the thing is, Bon could move on. We don't one hundred percent know whether he's going to be at the club after January or whether we're going to be able to sign it on a, on a permanent. So it is, it, there you go, an extra 12 months. Um, he, he could he could be a great, great option next year in League One. And if if he doesn't do the business, then he can just leave at the end of the season. But I think there's, there's no sense in getting rid of him him now. There's not enough time to replace him. So I'd, I'd keep him around for the time being. Yeah, I'm going to put my pennies worth in. I'll, I'll say keep him around and then just see what the options is. As, as I said, he's got 12 months on his um, contract when it, when he does run out this summer. I'm sure the club will straight away boom, you know, trigger that. But uh, Liam, overall thoughts on James Norwood? Would you would you keep him? Would you cut your losses and try to sell him? You know, but then a League One club, you know, he'll probably want to go to a League One club. Would you want to sell him to a rival? I know Portsmouth are a team that interested in, in him. What if he goes to Portsmouth and he? Scores goals for fun for them, get them in the playoffs, and then we're, you know, lose against them, and you know we're thinking, oh god, here we go. Norwood will probably love that. Um, I mean, I could I could be different and just say get rid, but actually, I do. I would I would keep him. Um, I mean, look, let let let's not beat about the bush. The whole driving issue, um, isn't great, um, and I think yeah, it's a pretty poor look. Some of the other stuff I think is blown out of proportion. I think, yeah, he, he has done some pretty stupid things. Um, but he is, for me, he is he is the kind of maverick player that I think Town need. I think I think the fact that he does all this stupid stuff and so on that gives him the fire that he he has on the pitch when he goes out on the Saturday. Um, and he has that edge that I think other players maybe don't have. Um, and look, he scores goals. I mean, let, let's let's the three the three seasons he's been here. I mean, okay, this season he's hardly played, but then has been given a run. And he scored three and three. Um, and then the two seasons before that, okay. <laughs> 10 goals doesn't sound a lot as being top goal scorer, but he was top goal scorer both seasons. I know he was joint, I think, last season with Jackson, but um, they're, they're, he's, he scores goals if you create opportunities for him. Um, and I think he, and the biggest issue for me is his injury record. I think that's, if you're going to make it on a purely footballing decision, you take everything out. It's for me. It's the injury. Now, I wouldn't. I wouldn't um, let him go in January. I think. I think it uh, as as uh, Bainesy has said. It's it's a bit late. But if you are thinking of letting him go in the summer, 
then there is a better chance of obviously finding a replacement. But he scores goals, and I think you, 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 if if you can keep him fit and you can keep his mind on the football, which seems to be quite difficult at times, and then then you you've got a player who has shown that he can score. I mean, everyone, this is his this is the first time he's been at this level when he signed for Ipswich. He hadn't played League One before. I mean, he was non-league. He played a bit of League Two, but he hadn't played at League One level before, I don't think. Um, and yet, if he hadn't have got injured, he has, has he? Right, very briefly um, at Exeter City, maybe four four appearances, but well, yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter. but pro- properly, <laughs> properly playing, yeah. properly playing, right as a as a first choice as a first choice striker. And I mean, if he hadn't have got injured. Think about the amount of goals that he might have scored. I mean, he scored 10 in two seasons where he was missing for half of it because of injury. And I know Lambert's teams weren't particularly uh, great on creating too many chances, but even then it's even remarkable that you can see that he scored 10 goals in the short period that he did have in a team that don't didn't create a lot under Lambert. So if you can get him going, he will, he will score you goals. So I, I, I would... I would keep him. I would keep him around. And if, as I expect, I, I know Bloom has said, I've got this uh, little bit of uh, optimism, um, but I'm kind of convinced, trying to convince myself of it, really. Um, then I think going into League One next season with the ultimate goal definitely being promoted, then I think it would be good to have him around. Um, but them, it depends what relationship he has with with Kieran McKenna. I think um, it's just interesting to know this absence of his this season of who actually made that decision because Ashton has said that the the, the manager is completely in control and they haven't stopped him from playing under McKenna. And I just wonder if Paul Cook maybe lied a little bit and didn't actually like him and so then blame the club because clearly after the uh, comments in the last few days from Paul Cook uh, suggests that there was a massive breakdown between him and Ashton so who knows yeah in a way actually it's probably a good way to sort of quickly talk about you know Paul Cook again I know he's he's gone and um you know he's spell at the club didn't go down so great. Um, but Bloomers, you know, you've been hearing these interviews by Paul Cook. What was your thoughts when you've watched them and read different stuff? Uh, I know you weren't, uh, you wanted them out pretty much um, very quickly after the, the run of bad form we were under. Well, I don't really want to spend too much time talking about him because he's a non-factor yeah. now for this football club. And that's the way we should look at it. Like, we do have this weird, inanimate obsession with talking about managers that um have nothing to do with the town anymore you still hear talks about a manager that didn't manage us uh from 2018 onwards and still gets mentions every now and then but <laughs> what i would say is in that interview he, and he, he 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 says um that have you got the exact quotes with you there ross or can i just sort of give them roughly roughly yeah i'm, okay, I'm, I'm trying to be i'm trying to be more organized but not at that <laughs> point there <laughs> that's, that's, yeah that's you saying i don't have the notes don't put me in it sorry <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically saying that he's surprised 
Uh, and then if he'd have known that they wanted that quick uh, improvement in form or whatever, then he never would have taken the job and that he was surprised he didn't get given time. Well, to which I say, if that's genuinely what you thought, Paul Cook, then you're either extremely naive for a seasoned football manager or you're being incredibly uh, disingenuous with, with your comments. Because at the end of the day, you had two sort of half seasons, if you like, with two separate teams. I can admit that. And yet you've got 13 wins from 44 games. Like that's 29.5% win ratio, which is the second lowest he's third lowest he's ever had um, with only his spell at Accrington and his very, very first spell in, in management at Southport lower than that. Everywhere else he's had more wins and everywhere else he's been longer as well. So uh, it's just, and also you were allowed to bring in the crop of lower league talent or basically whatever you wanted, you know, as we've seen by the, some of the calibre of players that have got, Supposed calibre of players that have come from. I'm not making that mistake again with some of these. Supposed calibre of players that come through the door, and you're also allowed to have no assistant manager and all your mates come through as well. There's no other football club in 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 the football league that would have been allowed to not have an assistant manager. And guess what? There's a reason that 71 other clubs in the football league have an assistant manager because it doesn't work. Um, so yeah, I have no sympathy for his little diatribe and I don't also think that he's suddenly a bad manager and he won't find a job again. He is still a good manager, I believe, and he will find another League One job, I believe. So yeah, you just have to get his things off his chest because his one month, James from uh, the, the, the chat um, spotted this, that it was exactly one month after he was sacked that he had this interview. So obviously his one month gagging order was up. So good for him to get it off his chest. Let's hope Ipswich Town and Paul Cook are mentioned in the same sentence on any news broadcasts in the in the future because it's just a waste of everyone's time. Yeah, I would say I'll go over to Bainsley Liam and get your thoughts on that. But I think we should move on. I think we've spoken a lot about his time at the club. Um, but yeah, it was very interesting that it was a month to the day he then started doing interviews with Sky Sports and I'm sure other places. But there we go. Um, well, let's go and look ahead to Gillingham. Um, the temporary stand that's been there since 2003, um, as Bloom has mentioned earlier, it could be, it's going to be very wet. Um, so get your waterproofs out. Uh, Gillingham, of course, this game was going to be on Boxing Day, but they postponed it because of COVID and also a lot of injuries with their squad. Uh, Steve Evans, normally this was the Paul Lambert, Steve Evans derby. Sorry to bring up Paul Lambert. I'm sorry. We're talking about another manager, old manager there, Bloomers. Um, but Gillingham, 12 games without a win. Normally those sort of records, I fear for Richard's Town, but we've got McKenna, new era, new door and all that. Um, Bainsey, how are you feeling going into this game? What did you what do you like from Akira McKenna's side from the Wickham win? And I'm sure he'll bring in more things now. He's had more time on the grass. How are you feeling going into this game? What was the the charm? Was it is your stand from B and Q, I think it was, wasn't it? <laughs> um this should be a straightforward win. Um this this is a this is a good this is a good second game for him because coincidentally with all those injuries and COVID, um, Gillingham were, what was it, 23rd or 24th in the form table. So as Eddie Hearn would say, how convenient. Um, this this should be a straightforward win. This should be, you know, even with the, the weather, the, te the terrible pitch and uh, potential conditions, this should be straightforward. I, I see nothing other than it. A convincing, convincing win. Do you want score as well, presumably? Yes, he's nodding along. 
Um, I'm going to go with with two two nil. I think a convincing two nil two nil win. A Norwood's goal and a Bond goal. Bond's Bond's back twenty two. Let's go. Cool. Clean sheet as well. Um, Liam, how are you feeling going into this one? Predictions as ever. Um, Walton, hopefully he's back. He, of course, he missed the game because he had COVID. Um, although, the, you know, the rumours is that he'll get recalled after the after this game. So could this be his last game for town? Hopefully not. Permanent move pending. Um, how are you feeling going into this one? Um, I'm like Bainsey. I think that this, this is a game that town should be winning. Um Gillingham have been pretty pretty dire. Uh, I think their last win was against Doncaster, and even that was just a, a, a very small 1-0 victory um, against a team that, uh, well, we, we saw firsthand pretty gunk. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I think I'm going to go for another 1-0 because I think it'll be pretty similar to the Wickham game. Because uh, Gillingham are a similar team to Wickham um, in the fact that they will be very physical, they will be very direct, um, and and I, I, I mean I think Town should have scored more against Wickham, um, even though I was pretty happy when uh, that final chance didn't go in because then I got my one nil bang on. Um, uh, uh, and a win which was great at the same time. Um, but I, 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 I don't think I, I, Gillingham really poor form, a, a physical side. I think McKenna, this is an easier game for McKenna than say playing someone else because I think he can look at it and maybe set up almost similar to how he set up against Wickham. Um, but maybe he will try something different. It is something new as well because it's away from home. Um, so I think Town will win. I think they'll have too much for Wickham, uh, for Gillingham, sorry. Um, and I, I think we, we'll be looking for at our second win, um, two wins in a row for McKenna, which which would be great. And I mean, look, if if any any crumb of 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 uh, any talk of uh, that sort of thing up there, uh, beginning with P, um, which I've mentioned a couple of times, then you've got to win this game. Um, but generally, Town should be looking to win this game, whether they were in a relegation dogfight or, or a promotion push, yeah, they should be looking to beat Gillingham. So um, I, I, I would hope with uh, this fresh... Uh, approach from McKenna that um, we will see um, uh, a much better time than it was when uh, Mr Cook first took over and uh, got bullied uh, in that game. Um, but I would just like to round off and just make sure that you got the message uh, from the main pod that you'll be taking a jacket and not wearing jeans, um, which I've se- which I have to agree with uh, with Andy. I've seen you go to games wearing jeans and get absolutely wet through. So don't do it, mate. Don't do it. No, to be, to be fair, I have bought some waterproof, um, waterproof. Well, I'll still wear jeans. Cause that's just how, what I feel comfortable in when I go to games and I will, I bought waterproof trousers to put over them. But, um, I just, yeah. yeah I, I have just... nothing, but, I have nothing but jeans. Oh, I've got chinos, I guess, <laughs> but like, I've got nothing but jeans. What do you expect me to wear? 
Yeah, yeah, that's what I was about to say. You know, you're going to be in that stand. Yeah, yeah, fun. <laughs> shorts. <laughs> that's, that's, I've got no, jeans I or shorts. You on that away end, there will be someone wearing shorts. Yeah, guarantee you. Actually, better. check my Twitter on Saturday because if I find someone, I'll take a picture. But I guarantee yeah. you, I would. I will find someone wearing shorts on that away end. Yeah, shorts. Watch. Of course, last time fans were in that stand was September 2019. Beautiful sunshine. KVY scored. Um, of course, last year, unfortunately, we, we, were, we weren't there. Three won defeat. And of course, we had the Papa John's Trophy game in October, but I think the fans were in a different stand. But um, Bloomers, you're going to be there, my friend. And uh, the weather forecast doesn't look great um, for doesn't. that stand. You know, that stand. So there's no cover at all. Uh, how are you feeling going into this one? And uh, will you just be happy there's a win, even if you're soaking wet? Oh, of course. Um, I... Funnily enough, that game you're on about, the 1-0 KVY uh, game, God, that feels so long ago. And also, that was up until a point, the last away game I'd seen us win, right up until the 4-0 against Portsmouth uh, the other month. So that was a good long, what, nearly two years of, I know obviously there was a pandemic in the middle of that, but two years between seeing away game victories. Um, people know me know I go to quite a few away games, so... I'm not quite sure the exact number, but it would have been quite a few away games in the meantime. Um, uh, Tom saying oh, it should be a straightforward win. I completely disagree. Um, horrible weather, crap pitch, bad-ish team. One who, you know, this has got all the hallmarks of a 2 deal loss written all over it for previous regimes. Like, you couldn't convince me otherwise, really. Like, Liam kind of said it's a game we should have aspirations to win. That's... A sentence I'd agree with a little bit more, um, but I don't think it's going to be straightforward. Even if Gillingham were, uh, I don't know, on a ten-game losing streak with with the with the side of football they play and obviously their spiky manager and their uh, ability to do do us as they did before of, of uh, last season means that I don't go into the game with any confidence. But it's a new regime, so so let's see. Let's see what happens. Um, I would like to imagine that we'll still see two strikers on the pitch. I'd like to think that Mr McKenna will have them ready for this kind of game. I mean, I'm not too sure how many times he's been to the likes of Priestfield with uh, uh, his Manchester United uh, days on his clock. But, um, yeah, it's certainly going to be a test. And, and look, I think it's going to be a draw because uh, previous examples will show that we don't win these kind of games but hey i'd love to be proven wrong we can see a performance like wickham where we were defensively stout fridge could have headed a fridge last week the way he was playing at the back um and we got a bit of luck with a goal and we held out i wouldn't say reasonably comfortably because Wickham had that big chance at the end that they probably should have scored mm. but other than that we 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 were good value we didn't create too many chances again but rome's not built in a day so I can't be too nitpicky over that win. I'll go 1-1 just because I can't, with all confidence, back a win. But, yeah, it's a really good test at a good time now as well. Second game, it's a game that will be favourites for with the bookies, I'm almost certain. But it presents its own unique challenges. So so I'm quite looking forward. I mean, I'm not looking forward to the weather. But I'm quite looking forward to what it's going to be like. And I'm just going to read you to end this little bit. I'm just going to read you because I found... This is written in on the 24th of June, 2004, 
uh, this is on the, I don't know if you guys who are listening know this, but there's something called a Wayback Machine on the internet. Basically, you can scour websites and what, what were written on the websites back in the day. So this is from Gillingham's website, 24th of June, 2004. Um, uh, as of the end of this season, which was 0304, the Gillingham End Terrace has been demolished to make way for a brand new 3,300 all-seater stand to be named after Brian Moore, which is true. It is named after Brian Moore. Uh, this state this will be open in two at the end of the 2004-2005 season and as of now temporary seating will be in place until the end of the 2004-2005 season <laughs> just, just to put it into perspective june 24 2004 i was a i was 10 years and one day old i'm now not 10 years and one day old <laughs> uh, on, yada 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 toilet facilities are unchanged from last season with a small old outbuilding housing separate ladies and gents toilets these facilities will obviously be much improved when the new stand is erected. Yeah, I know they've had, I know they've had, they've had ups and downs. Of course, they've gone from you know Championship, League One, League Two, but it's all out, Gillingham. You know, temporary stand—that's what you call it—and it's been a temporary stand for nearly two decades now. So, yeah, yeah, so it should have been, it should have been finished by, uh, it should have been finished by June two thousand and five. So just the 16 and a half years behind. I think they've got the people that are doing Crossrail on this. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I know if you are going to your first game, Gillingham, um, and you haven't seen the weather yet, and as already mentioned, get your, get your waterproofs out. And yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a very wet and cold the least one. sensible man in history as well. If he's telling yeah, you to that, get yeah. a trolley and a coat, yeah. make sure you do so. Although it was predicting to rain and be really miserable in Accrington, you know, in October, mm. you know, the forecast was terrible. And once again, that's an open terrace and it didn't yeah. rain as much. It's rained a little bit, but not as much. So I must but... admit, I've been lucky in the past. I was in, on the open terrace at Yeovil away on a Tuesday night. Mm. I've been on open terrace at Accrington um, I, and I've been on the open terrace at Chillingham. It's never rained once. I do feel like my streak might be coming to an end. Yeah, I think so. And uh, no, thanks for joining me, lads. I uh, hope everybody's enjoyed the first fan social of 2022. Um, as I said, get your waterproofs out if you're going to Gillingham. Enjoy. Hopefully, Kira McKenna will see back-to-back wins. And of course, the podcast is sponsored by Manscaped.com. Use the code KOA and get 20% off and free delivery um, to start your year by shaving your undergarments um anyway enough of that enough of me um we'll be back next week for another fan social another main pod um enjoy your weekend i'll be back next week bye-bye for now from true crime to football brexit to football more great podcasts from archon head to audioboom.com slash channel slash
fortune at audiobeam.com slash channel slash archer.